Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I think they, we, they should have sunk Britain because of that. Really? I think that, I think that should have been the end of the country, yeah? <laughs> Power yeah. 10. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, the weekly podcast from Monday Our Magazine that we are absolutely loving doing and we hope you're loving it too to the return listeners and anyone new, welcome. Uh, Monday Isle is a magazine, as I've just said. It's been going since 2014. We do lots of other stuff, but you can just search for it. MondayIsleMag.com, at MondayIsleMag, everywhere else. Um, and find out for yourself, because every day is about learning. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? What, what a way to begin. It is. I like it. It is. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. I didn't have many. I spend a lot of time just sat outside <laughs> classrooms after being sent out. Yeah. yeah. You've told us this before. It's yeah, it makes me sad. Well, just they, you know, different times, wasn't it? Very different. I'd have, times. I'd have grants and all sorts now. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. White would be looking after you in a teaching assistant role. Mrs. White. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. I still won't get much done. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> anyway, the day of the release of this episode is a 38-year anniversary of the original Live Aid. A double-headed behemoth, one held at Wembley Stadium, one held in Washington. If you've never seen the the, the clips of it, I've ne- it's the most people I've ever seen in a stadium, yeah. I think. Undoubtedly, the star of the show that day was Freddie Mercury in his white vest, stonewashed jeans, pair of, I don't know if they were gazelles or something, but mm, definitely a pair of Adidas. Luxurious moustache. So with that in mind, um, joining me today are Tommy Fat Bottom Girls Stewart. <laughs> Hello. Seb, tie your mother down white. <laughs> that's that's the favourite sport in Somerset. Oh my <laughs> god! And, um, well, there's no topping that. <laughs> Sorry. Offside. Var check. Correct. Decision upheld. Seb White offside. And last but never least, a crazy little thing called James Bird. All right. So. What are we wearing today? So we've got some beautiful shirts today as supplied by our friends at Classic Football Shirts. Remember, Club Mundial subscribers get 10% off. There's the plug done. Tommy Stewart, there's a beautiful, beautiful badge of the Colorado Rapids there. We're all in MLS shirts, past and present today, mostly past. But, Tommy, let's oh, talk, talk us through this. This is Colorado Rapids uh, 2003 away shirt. It's a team we lost in the playoffs despite having... The Scott John Spencer up front. Dropping down from the Rockies in that. That's yeah. their that's their kit. When they drop down from altitude, they're into that. Yeah. I just want to know about the sponsor well, not the sponsor, the you know, the brand, which is called uh Atletica. Atletica, which yeah, I've never seen before. It's like that um, episode of The Sopranos, not episode, the series when they bleed that store owner dry, the gambling addict. Yes. It's like they've knocked up their own brand <laughs> and are forcing teams to wear it. The local mafioso has just done that brand and you've got to wear it. They don't get any money for it. In fact, they pay for it. That's a bit how I feel about Castore as well. I feel like I don't know where that's come from. And No, 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 but Castore, if you are listening, our mind can be changed with money, <laughs> kit. <laughs> yes. Or um, travel experiences to some of your clubs, yeah, or and just or just some tickets for the cricket, and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, bucket hats, yeah, bucket hats. Next up, Seb White, often known as a bit of a John Ball for you know for his overt Englishness and love of all things England, but uh, today, I mean, Seb, it says revolution across the front, but I tell you what, there's a bloody revolution in my pants. Looking at you, <laughs> and what have we got? Well, it's a little bit slender because this is actually a, a former player's shirt. This is match worn, so it's a little bit tight. So yeah. I think you look great. You're going to be really warm by the end of the day. Yeah, I think, you? yeah, exactly. We might have to all get it off you. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. <laughs> going to need some help getting out of that big fella. Come on. It, obviously, I'm a big fan of military history, war, all those sort of things. So I thought revolution, what a, what a great, you know, the New England Revolution, which is, um, and they were, this was from the 2008 and 2009 season. The Revs. Yeah, the Revs. And this is a match-worn one, as you can see by the incredible 
MLS logo, which was that of the time, which was an incredible logo. But this was worn by number 27, Shalry Joseph, who was a Grenadian midfield powerhouse for the team, who ended up playing over 250 games for them uh, over the course of nearly a decade. So this is a match-worn shirt actually worn in the MLS, but yeah... Uh, and it, you know, I think the badge from the New England Revolution is is one of the best. Because the stories that can tell a match worn MLS shirt. You've bought yeah. you've bought another piece of history to the table. Haven't you? I have, yeah, 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 uh, exactly. Yes. It's is that going to go next to the empty wine bottle? <laughs> <laughs> to those of you who didn't listen last week, and this is your first one, Seb brought a wine bottle in last week, which shows you how things are going. James, yeah. what are you wearing, brother? I am wearing a DC United uh, shirt, also from 08, 09. Uh, it's black, nice three stripes down the sleeves, big Volkswagen sponsor in the middle, a la Wolfsburg. Uh, and they wore it when they got to the US Open Cup final that season, and they lost 2-1 to Seattle Sounders. A great badge, which we'll come back to in a minute. But I stole James's shirt again. There's a bit of a thing going on at the moment with various sizing, and it seems that me and James swap shirts every week. He yeah. would see it differently, but... I'm the host. So Tampa Bay Mutiny home from 97 yeah. and this was not worn but the player version of this would have been worn by the great Carlos Valderrama El Pibe when they um, they lost in the playoffs but he was one of the first marquee signings mm. um, for the MLS when, when they founded it. We have it on good authority from Greg Lalas, Alexi Lalas's brother, that um, Carlos Valderrama only exclusively wore purple Y-fronts. And we know this because when uh, a few years ago, pre-2019, we went on a three-week odyssey around the US to make a few episodes of Giant, which was our previous award-winning uh, um, documentary series in audio. This one hasn't won any awards yet, but I'm sure it will. Yeah, we went and we made a piece about the birth of the MLS and we found out some some pretty good stuff, actually. And, and looking at the, the DC United badge there, James, we, we were invited in by the Screaming Eagles, who are one of the original fan groups mm. of the MLS. So what happened when the MLS formed, there was all these soccer fans and they were part of Uncle Sam's Army, was, was it called, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Because they didn't have any teams to follow. Mm. So then, when the MLS started, they all—all all the people who followed Uncle Sam's Army from their different from the different cities—they formed the original fan group. So the fan culture and the fan groups predated the actual teams in the MLS. Mm. <laughs> anyway, the Screaming Eagles. We went to um, we went to Washington, a, a great city if you've never been. But anyway, back to the um, back to the MLS episode. We went to the Screaming Eagles clubhouse, and one of the happiest I've ever seen Seb White was playing a game of cornhole. <gasps> I love cornhole. <laughs> I played so it at a wedding good. recently. Yeah. It's fantastic. I never played it before, but I actually was quite good at it. Do you like, know why he was good at it? Because his limbs are so long that yes. you could yeah. just drop it into the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, yes. Me, it was like throwing a fucking across the Thames. <laughs> <laughs> For Seb, yeah. he was just like that, just dropping it. it, it, it the it, claw. I, yeah, I was amazed. And I, I mean, I had like a as well, but it was very much beginner's, beginner's luck. But And these Americans were like, oh, you're really good at it. And I was like, oh, I've never, I've never actually played this before. They were like, they couldn't quite believe it. But I tell you what, what an experience that was. Because I thought cornhole was something completely different. I'd heard about it for years. I didn't think it was that. Yeah. It, what, an amaz what an amazing thing to do before a game, though. You'd be good at both. Seb? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> no, no. I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> you look very nervous. I do, I know. But no, joking aside, we know, we, we obviously the match day routine over in England and certainly most of my life has been get to the pub as early as you can, maybe have a can on the train to the pub. Maybe. Um, but yeah, couple. Obviously, a couple. Obviously, a couple, yeah. And then just drink, you know, but... This was much more of a social club feel, wasn't it? The Screaming Eagles place. It was a, it was a lovely. You, you still had yeah. two cans on the walk up to the clubhouse. No, I uh, yes. <laughs> then about yes. six in there, and then a load of free Heinekens in the in the stadium. Yeah. No, of course not, I, did, I did all these things. These not, not that much change, Seb. I'll just, be honest. Just no, to take but, the edge off. He's but, got big edges. But the. <laughs> The the you know the, it was a social club atmosphere. There were there were all the members were cooking food. There were people serving. It was a real like it was great. It was the it was the it was the tailgating. social club. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah yeah yeah. It, it was the tailgating and it was you like, know it's very easy to to throw shade. I believe is one of the modern terms. Yeah. at the at the MLS post modern maybe post modern I think, shade yeah, yeah whatever I don't know is he like post Malone <laughs> <laughs> your younger's music yeah I, just, I don't think young people say that anymore. 
I don't mean young. I'm not trying to hold on to my youth like you, Jay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was it was great. It, it shreds. You can shred your cynicism about it when you go and Definitely. watch games in US stadiums with fans. The fans culture is great. Quite a, there was we spent a bit of time also with the other DC United supporters group, the Barris Brever, named after yeah, yeah. the the sort of South American supporters groups, the boys, I believe it means, or something like that. Yeah, and they were fucking great as well. They were great. It was refreshing and really and really exciting. Yeah, I've been to five or six games in the US now. And if you, it's it's a good day out. But yeah, if you want to go and listen to that, um, the birth of MLS can be found on Spotify, or I believe that one's on Apple as well because it's the first series, but mainly on Spotify. Right then, let's get into the episode. We support these now is something we've been doing for a long time, and. Well, it speaks for itself. We support these now. Could be anything, could be anyone, but we're trying to get a hold of a theme tune for this. So what about... Everyone's going to have to join in. We support these. We support these. We support these now. We support these now. Oh, that wasn't I, bad at all. I think it works. I think do, the little... Does it need another syllable in it? it uh, that's the only thing. Well, yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. We support these fucking now. We support these. We support these. We support these bastards now. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But I think it's nice to just elongate the support. We support Yeah, exactly. Very school assembly. Yeah. Very Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like a carol. Did you ever piss yourself in a school assembly? You've got the look you've got the look of a boy who might have held onto a piss for too long on a wooden floor. Absolutely not. Just checking. No, oh. I don't think I did anything. I used to get nosebleeds quite a lot oh. in assemblies. Did you? When the sun, when the winter, springtime, when it got a little bit warmer, all of a sudden you just oh, see... Oh, look, Seb's got another nosebleed. Yeah. Because he keeps headbutting the walls. Yeah. <laughs> all my mates would just see me like this. <laughs> the blood would just be running down my back because I couldn't, didn't want to get out and make a scene. So the blood would just be running down. The, oh, it was disgusting. Oh, God, he's pre- he's pretending he's in fucking e- Eeps again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seb treats every school school assembly like the Somme. Horrible. Oh God. Yeah, my granddad used to get it as well. Most bleeds when when oh, the look, he's got doing warmer. his he's doing his tank arm again, walking around like a fucking walking around like a Dalek. Right then. Sorry. We support these now. Is this week James Paul Christian Bird is going to take us through it. So um, Birdo. Take it away. So this week we support AFC Croydon. That is we know. Interesting. And that is because that. of their takeover in ownership, which is by three people who I think represent South London brilliantly. Mm. And that's Stormzy, uh, Wilf Zahar, and then Danny Young, who was the head of care at Crystal Palace uh, until quite recently. And it's important for a lot of reasons. There's a, a report in February 22 that said that 43% of Premier League players are black and only, um, I think it's less than 2% of black people hold executive or ownership roles. So I think for a number of reasons, this is super important. It's important for people of the area to mm. see people who represent them, not just on the pitch, but in an own, in, in, in a sort of in a directorship ownership role. You've got Wilf, who is a brilliant representation of South London football. You've got Stormzy, who is an, like an exceptional advocate for South London, and he's already done brilliant work with um, Murky, mm. uh, like his, the, the publishing company and the initiatives with Oxford and Cambridge. And then Daniel has obviously done brilliant work with Crystal Palace and, and, and being the head of care for the players. Where and what um, league? Where what league? Are AFC Croydon in step. AFC Croydon in step six. The National League South is step two. The National League is step one. So they've got to go up through there. But again, there's always reorganisations and stuff, which is why that spreadsheet is so good. Exactly. So keep an eye on that. We'll put the link out for that as well. Obviously, South South London is is the hotbed of, of footballing talent in the in the UK. I know Charlton have a, a very good academy. Have always had one of the best youth teams. I don't know Stormzy personally, but from everything I see, he strikes me as a pretty fucking good bloke. Just as an aside, one of my favourite things Stormzy ever did was. <laughs> David James had said a lot of stuff um, at the time when uh, with the poll and Ialuko England affair and Stormzy came back on Twitter and just said, where's that absolute chief David James? I've got time today. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Top five tweets, Seb. Top five top tweets. Five. No question. Top five. We talk about, we mention it a lot, don't we? Seb's top five 
of all things, is actually a top 500. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top five, top five things we've had in the mag. That oh, top yeah. five things out there. You said that four times today. Yeah, yeah. I think Wilf Sahar also similarly. I mean, he, he he dealt with the whole going to United and being Alex Ferguson's last signing and not getting in very well and came back to Palace. I mean, it's it has the potential to be. An, an amazing story and I hope we're going to see a lot of this because of the Reynolds and McElhenney factor yeah. at Wrexham and obviously Wrexham are the third oldest football club in the world whereas AFC Croydon aren't but that doesn't mean it can't be a brilliant I hope the tentacles of it reach far and wide I hope it becomes a thing to drive more participation more people getting a chance more people getting through and, and also more black people in roles within the structure of that club as it goes up the leagues as well and then hopefully and pushing out amongst it. So I was really surprised when I saw it. And uh, when I saw the news, I immediately thought about Neef Ekpidom's essay in Callum Jacobs' a new formation book, all about South London football, where he mm. talks about playing in Lewisham, talks about Hilly Fields, and sort of, again, about that hotbed of talent and all of his brilliant childhood memories of playing there. So I think that for anyone who wants to read more about South London football, read that essay. I know that it was published on The Guardian after mm. the, the book was released. What a great piece of news. Super excited. Imagine being an AFC Croydon fan and knowing that those three were heading up your club. Or not being an AFC Croydon fan, but being from the area and then thinking... Exactly. However, what if they have a fans forum, right, and Stormzy just, every time someone asks a question, just says, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Haven't thought about that, have you, Birdo? Well... (laughs) You, I mean, you it's, haven't. It's a dad joke. <laughs> and you're a dad. Yeah. <laughs> you need to get your dad jokes now. Yeah, yeah. You can't escape them. Yeah. AFC Croydon, I think it's the Ryan and Rob effect. However, you want, whatever you want to think about that, it makes people realise that the fun, the excitement, the investment, the, the joy, the reward you'll get back by investing in non league football clubs. And people like that who have invested it. Now you've got these. I should mention hashtag United in this discussion because what they've done in non-league football and bring that bring that youth and energy into this into the pyramid, I think this can only be a good thing for the future of non-league football and football as a whole. Well, the sidemen have just sold 65,000 tickets for something. Yeah, yeah and we, we, can't, we cannot be cynical about all this sort of stuff because it gets people interested in football in a different way and they'll be the ones drinking cans on trains in, in 20, 30 years' time, these fans. Or hopefully or not. Maybe might, not. might change that, the, the, the yeah. whole toxic behaviour. Very good point, well made. And even though he didn't come in as an owner, when Marcus Rashford's best mate started playing for West Isbury and Shorten in Manchester, the non league club I follow, attendances went up because he he started coming to games. Right, we support AFC Croydon now. 100%. Shut up. Sorry. No, it's the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Adventures in Clubland, we haven't got a way to introduce this yet, apart from it is Indian Summers, Loans, Last Chance Saloons, interesting little spells players have had in their careers, going home, starting out. And This week, it's on me, and I'm going to talk about Rivaldo, the great Brazilian at Deportivo La Coruña, a single season in 96-97. Now, I remember this from the time, and... I remember him coming to Europe. Obviously, famously, he, he is known for his time at Barcelona, right? And, mm. and as part of the three R's attack. But this predates Barcelona. What I didn't know until doing a bit of research in this, because I wanted to talk about Rivaldo in my quest to reclaim and remember the world about 90s footballers who were slipping away. And I know there's other podcasts that do that, but um, you're listening to this one, so you'll have to deal with it. Uh, but Rivaldo, obviously, we could talk about his time at Barcelona and the hat-trick on the last day to ensure they got Champions League qualification, including a fucking overhead kick off his chest and, and, and all that stuff. And I think the point with Rivaldo is he's become remembered for that stupid thing he did at the World Cup when someone kicked the ball at him and he pretended it hit hit his face and fell over. I can't remember the game, but we all remember it, right? Um, Whereas, what a thrilling footballer he was. But Mm. before that, what I found out is that him and Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo, R9, the only Ronaldo in the eyes of me, certainly. But they had quite a similar trajectory in that Ronaldo, as as we know, he went to Cruzeiro and scored a shitload of goals and there was a bit of a campaign to get him in the 94 World Cup squad, which he did. Similarly with Rivaldo, he'd been in the Brazilian League Team of the Year twice and it looked like he was going to go to 94 to address a lack of creativity in that team because despite them being a good Brazil team who won the World Cup, they weren't a thrilling Brazil team by any means. It was a great World Cup, but there wasn't a thrilling team in it. But for, at the last minute, Rivaldo didn't get picked. He had a disastrous Olympics in 96 
um, as did Brazil did. They really thought they were going to win it. And Nigeria, someone else we've made a, um, a podcast about, they won it. 1996, just after the Olympics, Rivaldo joins Deportivo La Coruña. Bebeto's left, he's gone home to Flamengo. But Rivaldo turns up and he said it himself, people might be expecting me to be a party boy and go home for carnival and stuff like that, but I was very, very serious about making it as a footballer. I, I didn't have beautiful women on my arm when I was not playing. I was home, family, football. And it's still known, 1996, 97, by all the um, fans who went to the Riathor to watch him that year as the Rivaldo season. It sort of predates a little port the second coming of Super Depor when they're in the Champions League with Diego Tristan and, and Roy McKay and Roy McKay and people like that. But he hit the ground running, Rivaldo, scores in his first game and then scores something like um I think he scores twenty one goals in forty one games. But it's the variety of his play, like he's he's an awkward footballer, Rivaldo, right? Mm. He's awkward to look at. Yeah. But fucking hell, he was brutally effective. And he also, he's also tough as well. I mean, imagine, imagine getting a spiky elbow off Rivaldo yeah. when you're trying to get hold of him. And he, he used his body very well, but he scores all sorts of goals. And his, his delight at finally getting his chance. He'd been trying to move to Europe for years and it had never quite happened. He's celebrating goals with his shirt over his head and dancing for the fans and stuff like this, which is something you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect. But that whole season in, in La Liga was, I had a list of the signings somewhere. Like Barcelona signed Ronaldo that year. Mm-hmm. Depor- nice. Deportivo signed three goalkeepers, one of them being Nuno, who was third choice, <laughs> um, Petr Kuba and Jack Songa. But Depor finished third that year, and they only they finished second. Well, they finished third behind Barcelona in second, Bobby Robson's Barca, and, and Real Madrid who won it. But Real Madrid that year signed Suka and Miatovic. It was just, I mean, it is signings <laughs> that year. Look at this. For, look at this for a roll call. Real Madrid signed Christian Panucci from Milan, Roberto Carlos from Inter, Clarence Seydorf from Samp, Zé Roberto from Portuguesa, and then, as I mentioned before, Miatovic and Suka. Barcelona signed Vita Bayer, Laurent Blanc, Fernando <gasps> Couto, Manuel Amunique, Giovanni, Luis Enrique, Ronaldo, and Stoichkov. Fuck That's just Barcelona. Stoichkov was ageing then, and we'll yeah, definitely do him one week. He was back from Parma. Deportivo got Flavio Conceição, Rivaldo, Petra Kuba, Nuno, and Jack Songo from Mets. Three goalkeepers. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Fanidi George signed for Betis. I mean, this is like, fuck me. Get me the goose was... grease again, Seb. This is me. <laughs> this is me. I don't need Rabonas. Give me, give me lists of sign-ins in the 90s. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Imagine if Twitter was about then. Jeez, Honestly. It... Like, fucking hell, that Barca list alone. This is another example of that uh, viral tweet, which is... Lads will literally just sit around <laughs> na- naming old football players. Well, that, that's what this is. But this, I mean, anyone listening to this would be going, "Oh, fucking Alfredo George." This is champ man. This is this is early. This is champ manager Valencia signed Ivan Campo. Ninety-eight yeah. territory as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the players. That Romario you... Valencia signed Romario that year. Romario Rivaldo and Ronaldo. There's... Things went a bit. And none of us will be able to do the next bit. No. They have a they have a, a brilliant banner season and he gets them into the UEFA Cup. Um but as 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 things happen, he only hung around for one season because Bobby Robson, our old mate Bobby Robson, one of his last acts as Barcelona manager was signing Rivaldo to replace Ronaldo who had gone to Inter. Oh. And I love stuff like this. I love how the 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 football history fits together like a jigsaw or a patchwork quilt. And it's only sometimes when find another bitch, you can put it all together. Like he wouldn't have gone to Deportivo if Bebeto hadn't recommended it to him. So there's this already this lineage of Brazilian strikers. And then Rivaldo wouldn't have gone to Barcelona if nice. Ron- Ronaldo hadn't left and Bobby Robson hadn't, um, hadn't said. And then obviously Ronaldo goes on. Something that I've never seen written about that well, this Rivaldo period at Depor. And I suppose it's because it's difficult to see the footage and it's difficult to get time. But it just reminded me what a brilliant footballer he was before he became the accepted version of Rivaldo. And like the the joy of his first season at Depor is really evident when you watch him. It's scratchy footage and stuff mm. like that. But he'd, he'd had a really hard and circuitous route to get there. You know, being dumb, being, not being selected for a World Cup squad, being a scapegoat for an Olympics loss in, in a country like Brazil, where we know, they, I mean, you know, they fucking love the Olympics. And then yeah. it's the season that propels him on to be best player in the world. I mean, he won he, World Player of the Year. Did he win a Ballon d'Or? Rivaldo is uh, one of nine players to have won the FIFA World Cup, the Champions League and the Ballon d'Or. He yeah. won it in 99. 99. Rivaldo kind of lived in my nightmares as a child because 
he just always seems to score against Manchester United. About, yeah. That overhead kick, I think. I think we had a three-all home and away. It was three-all at the New Camp mm. and three-all at Old Trafford. And Rivaldo just always seemed to score every time he played us. So I just assumed he was the best player in the world. Mm. Well, he was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was. Oh, it, and such an individual type of player. Like, wasn't lightning quick, but his, his footwork was incredible. But also... Barcelona were going to... Another butterfly effect thing, which, James, I know you'll love. Yeah. Barcelona were going to sign Steve McManaman, but Bobby Robson said, no, get that lad Rivaldo from Depor because he'll score more goals. Did not know that. No, I didn't. Bloody hell. I didn't until a bit of bloody research. My wife said to me the other day, you're not very good at research. I said... Oh. <laughs> That's my fucking one of my one of my strengths of my of my of my job. What was her reasoning for saying that though? Had you bought a bad hedge trimmer or something? No, no, no. Just a no, just a barb. Just a, just I go a, just to, just chucked yeah. it out there. Yeah, just a needless barb, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I go to Owen for like when I was buying a mountain bike. I just went, Owen, you've I know you've researched that. Which one shall I get? And I bought the same one. <laughs> yeah. I knew that Owen would have done it properly. There is, yeah, there so are... I chucked mine in a fucking skip. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? What else did you do in that skit? <laughs> hey! Any conifers in there? Talking about the imp- how big, how good he actually was, you know. I've interviewed a lot of people. We did a shoot with Rivaldo about six months ago. Oh, you did, didn't I you? I was genuinely like, fuck, that is Rivaldo. He couldn't speak hardly any English, and we had a translator and stuff, but it was going through. But when he walked in the room, it, it's just like, that's yeah. fucking Rivaldo. Did you go, Brazil? Yeah, yeah. Brazil. <laughs> I nearly sang that a minute ago. He has an aura about him and just a, and I think this, a seriousness about him as well, I think, because he, he was taking this very seriously. I don't even, I don't want to say dour or anything like that, but he has a calmness and a seriousness about him, which what you're talking about there, about him celebrating all the goals at Depor and really going for it. I don't think you always saw when you um, when you saw him playing for Barca and things like that sometimes. What I love about Brazilian football is, obviously, a lot of the players grow up playing in these small-sided games and futsal and stuff like that. So often, irrespective of, of size, you get these footballers like Rivaldo, who are mm. as technically gifted as the rest. They just look very different doing it. And he, I mean, he had, in my head, he had massive feet. Yeah. Long yeah. legs, but yeah. fucking. And he almost leans like the top half of his, of his body is almost leaning. Forward. Isn't that due? Wasn't that due to malnutrition as a kid? I'm sure I remember that from when I was. I mean, I might have damned him with. I might have given. No, no, no. Him. He um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he had quite an impoverished. Um, and he was very skinny. He was skinny. Lean, yeah, so bad, yeah, bow leggedness, loss of several teeth. Yeah. From was it from rickets? Just says from childhood. Just from childhood, growing up in in Recife in yeah. Brazil. Yeah. I thought so, which was also why he was a little bit um, sunken yeah. in as well. Gaunt. Yeah, Gaunt, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, a great player. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Well, you know where we're going now, don't you? It's Marleywood, baby! (laughs) You're gonna die. Welcome to Bollywood. The one that I was gonna do last week, and I forgot about. You it. did about seven. Yeah, but it's <laughs> forget it, Carl. It's Bollywood, like Chinatown. 
I think we'll probably just use last week's, James. You've, lo- you've lost yeah. your pop here. Yeah. Uh, what was that? The one you did last week was good. <sighs> you you ain't been a Hollywood man. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is very funny. When I hear of Hollywood, I think oh. of Deadwood, which is the other end of the spectrum, unfortunately. But I watched the Deadwood film recently. and I... Just because it says wood in it. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I'm, very, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple place. So you don't think of Hollywood. <laughs> but no, of course. Of you think course. Of, but it reminds me. You don't think of Hollywood, which is why we did it and why I'll we called again. it Hollywood. No, 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 no. It's the place. You, the place. Think, you think instead of an 1880s Western yeah. set in the Black Hills, the, the Black Hills of Dakota, rather than Hollywood. No, or, I no. also said Deadwood. Great dirty, uh, dirty, what are they called? Dirty Pretty Things song. Do you know what? Right, right. Yes. As Stormzy would say, shut up. Yes. Although it's me next, so. Well, you can talk. Awkward. <laughs> that was so dad, wasn't it? I, I, it was, I, yeah. Actually, I can't shut up. I've got to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to go Brent then and call you a, a, a swivel-eyed, a goggle-eyed yeah. freak. Hollywood, Sebastian Dennis White. It is Juan Sebastian Veron. Ooh, wow. baby. Exactly. I mean, that name just elicits so many things. But this is when... Another angular South American with a bonehead. Yes. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> this is him playing for Lazio against Feyenoord. Sorry, I'm going to stop because James has gone here. Juan Sebastian Veron playing for Lazio against Feyenoord in February 2000. This is when the Champions League has a, as the second group stage. Remember that weird time when we had a second group stages? I do, yeah. I do, yeah. Lazio... Oh, it's are... just because they wanted more ties for uh, the fans, man. Yeah, yeah, I loved it, man. Yeah, uh, There's only 17,000 there, so I think that says everything about the second group stage. Lazio had missed out on the Serie A title by a point that season, but this... Was it, was, oh, was it at home, Lazio? Yeah, it was yeah. There's only 17,000? Yeah, yeah. In that Probably all celebrating Mussolini's birthday or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> they lose the league by a point the previous season, so this is a good fucking team. This is the team that actually would go on to win the Serie A that season. Under 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 Sven. Under we are Sven celebrating life. We are celebrating life. Uh, Mancini, Boxic, Lombardo, Kuto, Simeone, Pippo oh. Inzaghi's brother. Oh. And Veron. Veron. Let's just um, yeah yeah. The goose. Oh god, that is absolutely. <laughs> anyway, let's. What is it? How? How has this volley got scored? This is Veron just probing around in the centre of midfield. Probing. You know what he used to do, and Ming the Merciless—that's what he used to look like, didn't he? You know. Yeah. Uh, he Hello. Oh, all right. yeah, 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 yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Watch his Flash Gordon once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, more than once. That was a lot, a big film in my youth. Anyway, one-two. He plays a one-two, and the pass back to him looks like it's going out straight for a goal kick because he sort of runs into the box to receive it, and Veron throws his right foot at it. And what well, actually picks it up with his hand? It, it, well, it. I, I, that's the only way I can think of describing how he throws it up into the air and it almost hits his side foot and pokes up and volleys it over Jersey Dudek. It's, it's, it's amazing. Because you're not expecting go, go, go. Very good. Yes, very good. Thank you. It's a very. You very... don't think it's his goal, Lazio? No, no, but I'm d- just doing a bit it, for that. Exactly, yeah. Because everyone did. Yeah, everyone did, to be fair. I did until now. Yeah, yeah. Get the Duolingo out, Birdo. Yeah. No, it's just Galazzo. Uh, yeah. He's just saying Galazzo. Yeah. But we're all bloody wrong. Because yeah, yeah. you're not expecting it. This is the thing. It's pure Veron and his impudence. Oh, oh Seb. Because you're not... The ball, that's going to go out for a goal kick. It's just from nowhere. Just Like I said, he throws his right foot up. I tell you what, it's... And if, if anyone's seen it, this, this is the thing that reminded me of straight away. It's not quite as narrow, the angle, but... The same style is that there's a Cruyff volley in the, for Barca in the 70s, which everyone talks about, everyone remembers. And it's a very similar way. He throws himself a little bit higher and he's a little bit more narrow angle. But I think it's, yeah, it's a volley as far as I'm concerned. I was, yeah, when Veron signed for Manchester United, I was gutted. Because being, a, being you know, a footballer Italian boy, you know, yeah. the age I am, we don't need to talk about that necessarily any more than um, we already have before. But... I was fucking gutted. And then I felt really sorry for him, which was, I didn't like feeling sorry for um, Manchester United players in the 90s because they didn't have a little, or early 2000s whenever he signed. But I think the British press expected him to be like a hybrid of Keane and Beckham all rolled into one because yeah. he came for a big fee. And I don't ever think they allowed him to be the player he could have been. They were on his back pretty quickly that he wasn't taking corners, fucking smashing people, yeah. assisting, scoring. 
Whereas Ferguson defended him, didn't he, and said, "You're all them. fucking idiots." Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a great fucking player. But I've talked about it before. And I know it. I know it's going off. I know it's going off here. But there was that pass in a Champions League, funnily enough, against Deportivo La Coruña, I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah. And he, it is the most um, adult entertainment pass I've ever seen, actually. At Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he skips. He hits an outside of the foot, fifty-yard raking pass that kisses the top of the grass all the way, r- swerves, rears up into the path of the um, baby-faced dickhead, who just fucking who takes one touch and finishes. And but the pass is at, uh, just smut of the highest order. I was I was there, and uh, my main memory from that night, I would have been twelve years old, is getting stuck in a. My dad had parked in a car park near the ground and we were stuck there till 1am because some Deportivo fans had uh, had parked their car in front of my dad's. Oh. That's my memory of it. But also... I did, puta, puta. Yeah, I did see... Um, oh, my dad was fuming. I, I remember it so well. But And we'd left early to run to get to the car. Um, yeah, oh, no. Fuming dad. Never leave early. It, Never leave. I've got a lot of grievance with my dad for doing that. I miss. I miss. My dad does it every game still. Yeah, Forest away when Solskjaer scored four. I missed the last two goals because my dad wanted to leave early. Anyway, I did see Veron do the greatest pass I've ever seen live, which was against Birmingham City. He's outside his own 18-yard box. Beckham's. I think they've just had a corner. Birmingham. So we're on the counter attack. They've not got many men back, and then Beckham's sort of running. He's the furthest man forward. And again, it's outside the foot, about daisy cut, a 50, 60 yard, what a round the defender to Beckham. And then the keeper's off his line. Beckham's about 30 yards out and he dinks it over the keeper. Oh, that goal. One of yeah. the best goals yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. seen live. Yeah. He, I mean, I think, again, this, I think this I loved him volley sums him up so well because you're completely not expecting it. The athleticism, the craft, the skill, just the, the, the thought of him to do it, you know. The impudence. Oh, no, yeah, I like that word. I like I, Seb, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, so you're, not, you're not the only one who's allowed to use use flowery no, words. No, I thought it was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, does English at uni once. I thought it was fucking I good. It, I thought it was the only... I, 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 I was not trying to about think of a word to describe it. It's the perfect usage of the words. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you said that. I mean, unfortunately... James will start reading, tell us, tell us in a minute how Ulysses by James Joyce is his favourite book, The Liar. Anyway, Seb, what were you going to say? I think that... The word police. Nino, Nino, Nino. That's you. It's a... I mean, they—they they, funny enough. John Dahl Thomason scores a brace in the last five minutes to win this game. But who cares? We're watching it from Always we're watching it twenty-three years on, and uh, honestly, it's—it's it's a beautiful, beautiful goal. And I think... Always interested me that he's John Dahl Thomason. That his middle name is basically a lentil stew. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Or a famous children's writer, if you went to English, if you went to yeah. university and did English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Famous children's writer. He's been cancelled now, hasn't he, Roll? There's been a few things that have been yeah. you know, revised, but that is a good point. Being being Danish as well, yeah. Where's that come? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it, it's spelled different, Seb. It was just a joke, another dad joke. No, but it's, and, right. Either way, go and watch the that. word police. The way, yeah. Go and watch that goal because actually we'll the put the a fu- link in. For it's it. a good job. I've been the word police with you. Some of the fucking rob- <laughs> some of the robbers I've had to catch in prison out of your pieces over the years. Anyway, hey, moving on. Leave you leave pot noddles out of this. Yeah, robbers or freedom fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, James, fucking here he is. Another sentence of the suffragettes. Right then, on we go. Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yes, Juan Sebastian Veron. Yes. Oh yeah. We we should also mention that his dad was called La Bruja and the witch, can... and he's called La Bruita. I think we could do an episode just on the Verons. The Estudiantes yeah, well, team of that era is incredible, and what Veron does when he goes back. To Argentina. Unfortunately for you, Seb, it's not your decision and you shouldn't have too many ideas, mate. Because... <laughs> I'm the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Co-producer. Yeah. Sorry. Assistant to the regional yeah. producer. Exactly. Assistant to the exec producer. Exactly. We can all call ourselves things, Seb. We can all call ourselves things. The hierarchy producer. police. The word. <laughs> Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? 
you also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. A new bloody section. We, we, we've stayed away from introducing too many. We're trying to keep it, but this also almost seems too good not to put in. It's something we have a lot of fun with in the magazine. Mascots of the world. Unite and take over. <laughs> that is fantastic. That was sensational. I'm not... Can you do the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mascots of the world, unite and take over. Now, what I would like, James Bird thinks he does a good Morrissey impression and he hasn't got it out for ages. And for me, it sounds like Kermit the Frog. But let's just get the, let's just get uh, the listeners. Mascots of the uh, world. No, I'll have to do a different song. I would go out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't got the stitch to wear. Miss Piggy taking her drawers off. man said it's crucial that someone so handsome should care. I wasn't expecting it to go this Brutal, way. Brutal, not crucial. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> uh, Tommy, I'm, I'm st- sorry, sorry. That is incredible. Tommy, that's the first time you've heard that impression. Do you think it's good? Compared to mine, no. No. Oh, compared, really? compared to the standard man, maybe. In, in my head, yeah. it's the exactly noise the same. that's coming out is exactly yeah. how Morrissey It's Morrissey now. meets Kermit, somewhere yeah. in the middle. You're being too kind, it's shit. <laughs> right then. I'm, just, to, but again, how incredible. Incredible. That's worth saying incredible. He's a singer in a band. <laughs> Good point well made. <laughs> it's like when, when people see you walking down the street, like, fucking look at the march on him. <laughs> you did play cymbals yeah, in, a, yeah, in a military band. That's true, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at that. Look at that square. Bashing. I'd forgotten that. Sorry, Tommy. I've been to see you as well. I've seen you sing. I know, I know, <laughs> they I know. they didn't right. even give you the symbols, did they? they? You just did it with your hands. <laughs> no, this is this is Sebby Toxvig time when I was doing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Little Seb. So there are fucking terrifying, mental, weird mascots all around the world. They get weirder and weirder and weirder the more we search. Uh, James Bird has unearthed some weird ones over the years, and. Um, so we are going first up. We aren't going to be talking about when fucking Wolfie fought the Barnsley fucking lambs. Fucking knocked him out though, didn't he? Yeah. Fucking, come on. <laughs> oh, Wolves. It was Bristol Rovers, actually, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was definitely City. Bristol definitely. City? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I only said Barnsley. But it was Bristol City. All clubs City. that begin with a B, I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big six man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mascots of the world, unite and take over, James Bird, who, what, where, when, why. If you could follow journalistic rules for the first time in your bloody life, I'd be happy. (laughs) Okay, we've got, going to Stuttgart, and they have a mascot who goes by the name of Fritzl. Now, I know that his name hasn't aged well, (laughs) but... His character has. He's an animal mascot. So anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, that's the word I was looking for. Should have done... English at university. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Real ones don't need to. I was straight out in the mean street. <laughs> tapping away, just me, a typewriter and a dream. <laughs> Fritzel, Fritzel is a cap-wearing crocodile. Brilliant. And he's got his own Instagram page, of course. He's out doing bits. He's out on his bike. He's out at the beach. Every single team photo that Stuttgart wow. have at the start of a season, he's nestled in there. So hang on a minute. The pre-season photo, and it's all quite serious, and everyone's got their new kits on and stuff Mate, like that. Fritzl's in. Yeah. Fritzl's in. It's <laughs> quite a thing in Germany. It's a thing in Germany. There's a lot of them. We used to get the Kicker magazine at Sports Pages and um, just flick through all the team photos to see which ones had chose to have their mascot in. And they, yeah. Do you think that's why Ozil sympathise with Gunnosaurus so much. Yeah, maybe. I think it's a very joke. Yeah. You don't see Fred the Red in the in the Man United lineup or the Moonchester. I had I, I fucking moon good Chester. photo of me with Gunnosaurus. But my favourite I think he's thing. a cunt Gunnosaurus. Do you? <laughs> yeah. What makes you think that? He's just a big stupid daft cunt, isn't he? I mean yeah. But isn't that being a mascot? No, I don't think it is. No. I mean, you, a man who was a mascot when you were 14 for Yeovil when you were taller than the fucking skipper. <laughs> That's something we'll talk about another time. That's a time. different th- mascot type of mascot, but no, just also g- true. Gunnosaurus, he just sort of became like... He, he was Arsenal for about three years. Mm. And I, and it's, true. Like, anyway. So my favourite thing about Fritzl, though, is how he was introduced to our mortal coil. 1992... 
Stuttgart did a questionnaire with fans and put out a vote and they could vote on who, who would be their mascot. They chose Fritzl the Crocodile and to introduce him to the world at the opening game of that season, just before kickoff, <laughs> a giant egg was wheeled out onto the pitch. That's amazing. And Fritzl emerged. Can you imagine some big Stuttgarter fucking fucking seven seven Dur Pilsners down? Yeah, you, yeah. And he's, he hasn't voted. No, he doesn't give a shit no, about this. No, right, he's had a fucking week of it. Yeah, he's been cutting steel or something. Or, or I, I don't know what the industry is in Stuttgart. I'm probably completely wrong there. But he's been cutting steel or something all week. Fucking, hell, he just wants to get to the football. Oh, good, a giant yeah. egg's coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's coming out of that? Oh, a crocodile. Yeah, a crocodile. That well-known swampy, that well-known Evergladian area of Germany. This is what this is what I I don't get. That is that yeah. And I think I looked for this as well when we were looking into it. That was just one of the options. There was no reason why it was an option no. in the poll. They just voted. It's just funny, isn't it? It's like, the, the boat face. The fact that he wears a cap is is brilliant. That's well. not Give, funny. You don't think that was funny? Boating with boat face. Yeah. And I think they we, they should have sunk Britain because of that. Really? I think, that, I think that should have been the end of the country, yeah. <laughs> Power e- of ten. Ev- ev- <laughs> ev- everyone walk off the side of the I mean, island you don't, see. You don't think we're a serious island anymore? It wasn't about serious. I think think of all the options we could have come up with. Yeah, good yeah. To call that fucking boat. Oh, you want you want something fu- worse. And some Karen has called it Boaty McBoatface. It's very Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's very cockwomble. It's very Facebook. Oh, God, yeah. don't start with that. All the swear words are good enough. You don't need to put them together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. As, as, as any listener would like, know. You know, James, James calls me a fuck muffin every now and again. I'm like... <laughs> that's, that's endearing, though, isn't it? In a way. <laughs> it's... You've got to see the pictures of this, this mascot. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah, but when you're typing in Fritzl, the E is after the L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Fritzl, Fritzl's actually featured in uh, Mundial issue 25, I believe. And Dan, Dan wrote about him, and I just remember. He did. I just remember the last line being. He's all right by us. <laughs> Brilliant. What does that even mean? To someone, someone who picks up the magazine for the first time and reads this about a crocodile called Fritz or the mascot of Stuttgart and the last line, it's, you know, it's just, he's all right by us. And he is all right by us? He's all right Why by us. We, I, I, but your final line here, James, in your uh, research that you definitely did. He's got an Instagram account where you can see him nausing up the players. <laughs> yeah, he, he's quite prolific, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's a he's bit a, like Gunnarsson. He's about spec. Yeah, he's he's not he's not unlike. Here we go then. Who is winning? Oh, a pitched battle to the death. Not to the death. Maybe to the um... removal of head, furry head. You want to decapitate a mascot? Well, not removal this... of, of the of the bit out. Not the actual person inside, but the bit. You have to reveal yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A good. Because people can get very upset about this. Like in Greece when they race for the pink slips for the cars. I Um, wanted to do the season draw at Hampton in the head of the beaver costume, but people got very upset about me (laughs) revealing that the beaver costume was from a costume, the beaver head was from a costume and not real. Fritzel, Gunnosaurus. It's like we've turned the Emirates into a... um, (laughs) Now they've learned how to sing again. Um, What we we turned it into, we turned it into a gladiatorial (laughs) venue. There's some some tigers, some scantily clads knocking around. Do you know, we know what ancient Rome was like. There were shaggers. Caligula used to fuck his horse. They were shaggers. The Romans were were goosers. Yeah, and their gladiators walked around naked as well, didn't they? Yeah. All shaggers. Yeah. Anyway, who's winning? Gunnosaurus or Fritzl the Crocodile? Fritzl, man. Yeah, Fritzl. Fritzl, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because he's yeah. Gunnosaurus is sort of like a big dopey diplodocus, isn't exactly. he? Yeah. He's no. not a T Rex or a raptor. Yeah. He, oh, hello. He, he walks to the side a lot. I've been to the Emirates a couple of times recently. He does come on, this. Arsenal. Come on, waddles. Arsenal. Waddle. He waddles, yeah. But Fritzl's coming straight Fritzl's in. Yeah. Full of Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snap. Just, yeah, no messing either. Takes him into a death roll. Takes yeah. old Gunnosaurus into the death roll. <laughs> I like the, exactly, like the end of Gunnosaurus is, fu- Gunnosaurus is fucked. Yeah, yeah. Gunnosaurus is dead before he's walked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's a, No, he's not dead. Because he's a dinosaur. Stuffed under a rock to slowly suffocate. Because he's, di- <laughs> he's a dinosaur and they're extinct. Oh, I see. see. You did a bit of history at uni yeah. as well, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. 
Okay. It was good. <laughs> Drum roll, please, Maestro. It's Tommy Stewart's rusty trombola. <laughs> it's Tommy Stewart's cheap sheet trombola. There you go. Okay, uh, if you've not listened before, the concept of Tommy's rusty trombola, tombola, whatever we are calling <laughs> Tommy it. Tommy Stewart's rusty trombola. <laughs> is. Dusty. Tommy Stewart's dusty, dusty trombola, because it's about old games. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Tommy Ooh, Stewart's dusty trombola. Yeah, yeah, there we that, go, Chris that... Sleet. We fucking moved it on now. <laughs> <laughs> You thought that was you thought it was power ten last week. We fucked it off now completely. That's great. <laughs> Stitch that one on the internet, son. <laughs> anyway, about that lovely offer to come and shoot our live shows. Yes, please. Yeah, we love you, Chris. That you are sounds, so nice. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Chris. Okay. Uh, very quickly, the concept of the quiz is: I will name a game in any point in history, and I will name one of the positions on one of the teams, and these three will have to guess that position. Very quickly, can I go around and have your sounds? I'm going to start with Owen. No, you're not. You finish with me, <laughs> James. I've changed mine now. Order, police. You've just, changed it just for this week. No, yeah. Go on. Brazil, Brazil, <laughs> Brazil. Good, Sebastian Dennis White. Uh, the faithful mouth trumpet. Consistent, Mr. Owen Bacchus. Tie your mother down. <laughs> very good. Fucking hell. I want those uh, buzzers at the ready very quickly because oh, the question so. is. On the MLS theme, actually, who played up front as Tampa Bay Mutiny played Celtic in a friendly in 2001? Who played up front for Celtic alongside Henrik Larsson? Brazil, Brazil, Kenny Miller. No. Nope. Time of the Down, John yep. Artson. No. Nope. Time of the Down, Chris Sutton. Correct. Oh, process, God, of, process of elimination, that was. Well, good player. Chris, yeah, he Very was good a good player, player actually. Yeah. Someone else we interviewed, actually, uh, for Giant, uh, and he gave... There's always this talk of the animosity between him and Shearer when they played up front together for Blackburn, and Chris Sutton, he agreed to be interviewed. We didn't have to pay him a lot. Did we even pay him? It doesn't matter. It was If it was, it wasn't a lot, not compared to some of the exorbitant fees we got quoted, but Chris... No, I don't think, no, we, I don't think we did. Because it was... Yeah, we didn't. Um, and Chris spoke brilliantly about Shearer, about Brilliant. the quality of him as a footballer. There was no sign of any animosity. And like the thing is with Sutton, it's weird because he's now become the pantomime villain, villain to Robbie Savage's pantomime dame. And I think it's gone to a point now where it's ruining the programmes they're on together because I just don't think you, get, you can get any serious discourse at all anymore. And I'm a man who likes my football phone-ins, bloody... You know, I don't want every fucking... I agree. There was a Liverpool fan I won a couple of weeks ago. Hi, my name's so-and-so, and I'm a Liverpool fan, and I think Jurgen Klopp needs to go. Mm. Oh, fuck off. You Do you? You probably don't even supply. I just think that phone-ins are... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I used to love a football phone. It used to be a genuine <sighs> highlight of the week. I would frame my Saturday evening cooking or driving or whatever around listening to... Uh, I, uh, I used to answer the phones for 606. That's how I started at the BBC. And we, we, we would have... The way, the way it worked... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The That's... way it worked, the people would phone in, we'd have their names registered if they called before, which was 99% of them. Yeah. And then big, we... Big we... picture of Seb on the wall. Do not, <laughs> do not answer been on, the phone. Been on three times. I knew I recognised your voice when I met you on that first Zoom. Back in the day. So we'd have to give them a rating out of five and then we'd write down, try and summarise what they said and then we'd have, like, blocked callers for people who would... It was one of the best times I've ever had in, in work or in radio because the that conversations you would it have yeah. and you would find out more about people and you'd have some ser you'd have some sad conversations, some serious yeah. ones, ones where yeah. the producer would say, don't worry, stay on the phone to them if they're having a rough time and you'd stay on for like, you were nice. like a Samaritan almost. Yeah, yeah. that's And they, were your, they didn't have any other friends and you were the phone answerer and, and they they're like, oh, it's Tommy, you're, you're on shift today, et cetera. That's I, lovely. I, I also absolutely love phone-ins because I love the democracy of the, the anybody, anybody in the country. Yeah can all of a sudden be given a gigantic audience <laughs> and what a person chooses to do with that gigantic audience I always find completely fascinating. But they can't anymore though, can they? That's the problem. It's not as democratic as it was because they're no. looking for... It's like um, it's become like talent shows when they're looking yeah, for... It's kids or someone who's just saying something... Someone's, someone's saying what they... Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, 
they've obviously stopped doing that with talent shows and there's more of a duty of care to people now after the whole, you know, the horrors of Simon Cowell and his fucking, you know, his, the hideous way he treated people and, you know, getting the country to laugh at people who clearly had whether it was learning difficulties or whatever. But 100%. I think it's, it's not very good. It's not very good now. And I think it'd be a better balance with Savage or Sutton if they had a um, a journalist or a, or an actual pundit. They used to. Rory Smith. Yeah, they used to, didn't they? They used to have a presenter between them. Unfortunately, it was Fletch. I don't like to say too many nice things about people from this political persuasion, but David Mellor was a great host. Richard Littlejohn was a great host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was. Mellor, the original. Yeah, David Mellor and Richard Littlejohn were great hosts. Mainstream radio phone-ins are missing a great host, if you're listening, BBC. (laughs) (laughs) I am available. I will bring... I will bring... um... Pizzazz. Yeah, and a sidekick. Ins and outs. In is James Bird. Uh, watching my daughter kick a tiny little football. I've In. been encouraging her not to pick it up and just to kick it. Oh. Every time she kicks it, I cheer, and now she kicks it and goes, hey! Oh. <laughs> Project Ella Toon is underway. Nice. Very good. Very what's good. That, what's the, so the, the, it's like this. The ball gets kicked, the cheer happens, the door slams Matilda's off out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She got a football shirt. She's got a couple of Wolves bibs. Bill's She's got. Uh, God, I bet you had poor fucking David dressed up in all yeah, fucking yeah. all types of Yeovil green, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> she's and got, United and Chelsea. She's got an Italy like vest, bodysuit thing, nice. but she hasn't got a kit yet. Yes, uh, in James. Thank you. Yes, lovely. Very yeah. much in Seb. I'm rewatching Kirby Enthusiasm probably for the third or fourth time all the way through, and as a series goes, it doesn't tail off at any point. It is just incredible, and Larry David is one of the best. Well, one of the very, very best. Yeah, Larry David in. Tommy. I went to see Pulp uh, recently and they were brilliant. One of my favourite bands and one of the best bands I've seen live. Uh, but specifically, my brother turned to me at one point in the gig and he said, Jarvis Cocker is simultaneously the worst dancer I've ever seen, but also the best dancer I've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah, he's the best. Because... I don't know what he's doing with his body. I've never seen it before. It's a bit Michael Jackson. It's a bit dad. But I'm just saying dad dancing with freedom like Jarvis Cocker. That's that's for me. And that's how I want to dance going forward. Yeah. Very much in. I haven't put it in this week because I, it's it's just, you know, it's just it's up to me, isn't it? Just find that, you know. You're putting yourself in. No, but I mean, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> just let, James, let him have it. Let him have it. <laughs> Feels a bit like I'm. It feels a bit like the audio version of Thumb in a Softie, and though I'm not really, I'm not really into it. I haven't really, you know. <laughs> Go on. You ain't been the in and out, man. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you an in actually. Assad and Sophie, two of the um, newer Mundial recruits, both been both been brilliant. Both have been on the podcast. They went off and did a just a little social short last week. They went to the pub. Assad sat there with massive goalie gloves on, reading the magazine. He then looks up frightened <laughs> as I don't think it's Sophie in there. Nelson. Oh, it's Nelson. Yeah. As Nelson, who who doesn't work for my dad but works for the our parent company, Nelson comes in dressed as the Grim Reaper into the pub, and Sophie's filming it. And Assad does a very funny oh. comedy face, and there's there's some <laughs> music over the top of it and everything. Very good. So in Assad and Sophie, in yeah, yeah definitely. I watched that a lot of times yeah, this yeah. week. It's really good. It's, it's the second look. It's the... It's really, yeah. really good. It's really, really good. A frustrated character actor, Assad is, and um, yeah. I'm going to do my damnedest to back him to become an unfrustrated character actor. Um, so I'm going to go straight into my out, actually. Is that, is that in, by the way? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Easily. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The most in. Bum lickers. Yeah. Out. <laughs> Neymar Jr. Not just for Neymar Jr., but also Neymar Jr., but he has just been fined $3.5 million for diverting an ancient river to build a luxury lake at his house. Where it, to start with that? Yeah, I just he's a like he's a, a generational cockend for a start. Yeah, uh, a, you know, uh, a, a fascist sympathizer. Yep, probably a waster of his talent because he's, 
he's magnificent at football. Mm. I do like watching him when he plays football okay. a lot. Those two things is definitely yeah. There's a lot of people go, oh, he's not actually that good. No, he's, he's really, he's really, really good. And when he was, he can be a bell end and good. At yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and when he, I mean, a lot of them are. But when he was, I mean, when he first came through, when he was 17, 18 at There's Santa, some great videos. Jesus, yeah. fucking Christ. But for a lot of things, but in this point, like redirecting nature to build a fucking <laughs> lake, which you're not even going to do anything. It's not like he's going to swim in that lake. No. It's not like he's going to do anything, no. is he? Apart from he's just, he's just got too much money. So, think out. Th- Tommy Stewart. So my out is, this week, is Instagram Explore making me think my club have signed football <laughs> players because kids these days are amazing at Photoshop. So I have to zoom in. As someone who's very rudimentary at fucking Photoshop, <laughs> I've tried to master Photoshop for many years, and I'm there zooming in, trying to check where they've edited it in because I'm like how have these fucking little shits done this so I'm just there thinking we've signed Harry Kane the next week oh my god Jude Bellingham's in the Manchester United and they've given him five (laughs) so I've had to ban myself from Instagram Explore because I'm just there sending my I'm there sending my 12 year old nephew on direct messages he's just joined Instagram saying like Fucking hell, you seen Jack? You seen who we're meant to be signing? He's like, Yeah, Uncle, but Uncle Tom, that's fake. Let, <laughs> let me tell you now, Tommy, there has never been more of a surefire thing to not be out in the history of this podcast. <laughs> I want I just want to be there, safe in safe in the knowledge that at eleven o'clock now you're cut now you've cut the late night donuts, you're sat there on Instagram Explore looking for the layers that of whether or whether or not fucking I was right. Andrea Nana has actually signed yeah. for the club. In <laughs> Instagram Explore in this sense is very much very funny. In. Thank you. Um I'm gonna go to James next because I want to finish with Seb. James. The other development of my 15-month-old daughter this week uh has been her three days in a row of biting another child. She's gonna get expelled from nursery. At nursery. Oh no. Yeah, had to oh, go no. in. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. So uh good at, good at football but bites. Yeah. Bit like Luis Suarez. Let's say Chechi. Very funny. That is out. Yeah, that's first. And I just can't seem to get enough. Bird like. Is it lie bird? Yeah, I think it should be bird lie, but it's lie bird. Why no, lie Matilda... bird's better. No, bird lies better. Bird, bird lies better. Yeah, but Matilda wants it to be lie bird. Lie bird sounds like a lying bird. Exactly, it sounds like one word. Thank you. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Yes. Don't don't, don't come to Seb for punctuation, mate. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> he still uh, calls James, apostrophes upside down commas. I, I was a biter. If that's any consolation. Well, that bodes well. <laughs> 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 and you, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want James to constantly. I don't want to yeah. James to constantly be going into nursery because Chechi's biting people. Yeah, so it, it, yeah. Because what can you say? Because as well? he, he, you know, she's fifteen months old. He just needs less disruptions. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got a lot of disruptions at the moment. But. My, I said, I said to my uh, football team on Sunday, we had a tournament. I said, my life is a series of side quests. <laughs> but this. But this, but this is your home. You know, you'll come... Anyway. It is. Go on, sir. So, my out for this week. It was a phrase I heard so much when I was a kid, when we were playing either from coaches or people from the sidelines or even in grounds. If in doubt, kick it out. Seb, we've told you there's not a lock on the bathroom door. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. You were desperate for that. <laughs> so <bad>. oh. <laughs> Oh dear. In doubt. It was like watching a sniper. Watching I know. It was, I, I could feel that there was <laughs> something. That's why he was leaving it to the end. <laughs> there was a reason for it. Um, if in doubt, kick it out. Yeah. A terrible saying back, even back in 1980. And, and I'm, I'm just must say here. You mean you? You don't mean the anti-racism campaign. You mean no, no, no. You no, mean no. the dads? No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if yeah, as a kid, you've got the ball and you're not quite sure, and oh, just kick it out would be easier rather than passing or thinking about another option. Taking a touch, taking a touch, which is why we have ended up the football we have over the years. Anyway, but I heard it the other day at Ava's training session from a parent who was well. There was a an A licensed coach coaching kids, and a parent said, 
If in doubt, kick it out. Do you know the the only? I mean, I could boy, I, I could bore you with my experiences, but I had a lot of this as well. But quite simply, the only thing to do for me, yeah, is just to ban parents. Look, yeah. you shouldn't. They drop the kids off and let the kids go and play, and then they can pick them up afterwards. Yeah, I, I, I look. I, yeah, and I I make most sure of I don't them are anything. there, hanging out their hoop or drinking coffee yeah. or using it as a fucking fashion parade to fucking flash their wares at other parents. It's just, do you know what? I used to say at the beginning of every season, does anyone want to help with coaching? Nothing. Does anyone want to help with refing? Nothing. I'd say, right, well, don't tell me how to fucking coach and leave the referees alone. And I was Brilliant. quite aggressive about it and I would pull people up on it. And I remember once, you know, when I got to under 14s or 15s, getting the keeper to always try and roll to the fullbacks and this dad saying, what are you pissing around for? And I just fucking ruined him. <laughs> Power attendant. I just carded him, yeah. I was just like, what do you, you know. No, no, I got one. And I'm not normally one to say something. And I said something. I said, this, we, you know, 2023, we don't, that's not a lesson to be teaching anyone. And besides, as a grade A licensed coach there, who was, who was brilliant, by the way. Rather know. than a fucking grade A dickhead there, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep quiet. I like watching Ava. Don't get me wrong. I love watching Ava doing the drills and getting seeing her grow and develop. But I don't say anything. Just be quiet. You can't say, you can't say much with your third pasty of the morning. No, in your <laughs> no, mouth, no, can you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's true. Why is that bloke spitting pastry at another man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ice cold Ginsters. Mm. Ice cold Ginsters. Yeah. This has been reminding you why you love football. I've been your host, Owen Blackhurst. He's been James Bird. He's been Sebastian Dennis White. And he has been producer Tommy Stewart. Please rate, please share, leave us a review. Really does help. Uh, MondayOnMag.com to buy our magazine or merchandise. We've got a great magazine out at the moment, the 75 coolest goalkeepers of all time. And it seems we've missed quite a few. But you can't have it all. You cannot have it all. It's a very good issue. It's, it's, it's going well. It's beautifully designed. Um, the writing's great as well. That's been us. Record, recorded at Spiritland, uh, where we love. We're just going to go off and uh, have a bit of lunch now, maybe by the canal. Thank you. Really enjoyed that. I did. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 All the best. Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run. <laughs>